from Kurtco Media. Travel It Matters MasterChef series is brought to you by Accor, a world-leading hospitality group. And brought to you by Stone Street Estate Vineyards in Sonoma County, California. Coming up on the show. I was exposed to all these amazing flavors, dishes. That, you know, when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, when most kids are eating mac and cheese or pizza, you know, I was eating mole, ceviches. I was eating pipian. So, my, you know, my palate was just like, wow, you know, it's like a roller coaster of flavors, right? That's Chef Richard Sandoval. I'm Bruce Wallen, and this is the Travel That Matters Master Chef Series. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Travel That Matters Master Chef Series, where we are talking to some of the world's top chefs about their most amazing travel experiences, their favorite food destinations, and much, much more. I'm your host, Bruce Wallen, and I am very excited today to be joined by someone I've been a fan of for quite some time. His name is Richard Sandoval, and he is probably best known for introducing authentic Mexican food to cities and countries all over the world, Serbia, Malta, Dubai, Denver, you name it. And Chef Sandoval has probably pioneered great Mexican food there. In fact, now... His company, Richard Sandoval Hospitality, has 60 restaurants in 11 countries across four continents. We're going to hear about some of Chef Sandoval's global adventures, which all started, by the way, when he was an aspiring young tennis star from Mexico City. We'll also hear about some of his favorite spots in Mexico and Latin America at large. With this episode, we are wrapping up our very first Master Chef series, but we have some great episodes coming up including our top destinations for 2024. So be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, let's hear from the Latin cuisine legend, Richard Sandoval. Richard, thank you for joining us on Travel That Matters. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So let's talk about Mexico for a second. You, you grew up in Mexico City. It is, you know, these days, I mean, thanks in part, I think, to you and your, your peers, for sure, has become such a popular destination, especially for the cuisine. How is that like going back for you now when you go back to Mexico City? Like, what, what do you love about that city? You know, it brings me back to my roots. You know, when we go to certain places where we spend a lot of time, you know, when you come, I mean, you're, you kind of, you know, feel it in your stomach, you know, you, the, the smells, the aromas, the food. So, I mean, it's going back to my roots. You know, I was very lucky to, as a young kid, you know, spend a lot of time with my grandmother at her house. And specifically in Latin cultures, you know, everything evolves around food and, you know, when you're around family members. So I remember my grandmother was a matriarch of the house and these huge long tables with, you know, 20 or 30 people. And her cooks used to come from the kitchen and bring these big platters of food. And then, you know, she'd serve a plate and it get passed down the table. I mean, I had the best chiles en hogada, chiles rellenos, mole poblano, pipianes, ceviches. I mean, I can go on and on and on about all these things that when people ask me, you know, without me knowing is that at that time that my palate was beginning to get trained for what my future career was going to be. I was exposed to all these amazing flavors, dishes that, you know, when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, when most kids are eating mac and cheese or pizza, you know, I was eating mole, you know, I was eating ceviches, I was eating pipian. So my, you know, my palate was just like, wow, you know, it's like a roller coaster of flavors, right? 
Okay, that sounds, first of all, amazing that, you know, the big table with just plates being brought out and the family style and you're sharing and it's the mole and it's the poblano. How do you recreate that as a as a tour? Like, how can you capture that experience as someone visiting Mexico City or is that possible? Absolutely. You know, I think and, you know, to what your question, what does it do to you? But also, I think it's important to understand that, you know, Mexican food over the last 10 years has become a culinary hub, Right. Mexican food, you know, 20 years ago when I started in New York, you know, it was mostly seen as a Tex-Mex, you know, very heavy, very inexpensive to really not go through that transition or evolution that most cuisines go through in their in their lifetime. Right. French went from, you know, classical French or nouvelle cuisine to, you know, kind of this modern thing where French chefs started, you know, kind of integrating and experiencing with, you know, Latin flavors and Asian flavors. Italian went through from pizzas and pastas to some of the most modern Mediterranean, Italian, modern restaurants. Mexican food was kind of stagnant. So today, when you go back to Mexico, this, you know, there's been this culinary movement of all these great chefs that really, you know, taking classical dishes and, and flavors and kind of modernize them. And, you know, you get this beautiful orchestra and symphony of flavors because Mexican cuisine is very bold and very flavorful, right? So when you modernize and you lighten it a, a little bit, you're still getting this, you know, incredible boldness, you know, spices, acidity, heat, but now in a modern interpretation. But to go take a little bit further, you know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, going to Michelin star restaurants, you know, it's not my thing. So you can go to Mexico and experience that, but now you can also go to the wonderful markets. In San Miguel de Allende, there's a Mexican, you know, amazing markets. You go to Oaxaca, street foods, Tlayudas, uh, tacos, tostadas. So I think as a country, culinarily, it has evolved, you know, to a place where, again, you, you have modern, but you also have classic, you also have street food. Well, and I think one of your greatest contributions as a chef has been kind of bringing that to the world. And that I, I remember studying abroad in Europe when I was in college and going for four months without any Mexican food. And it was, I, I was a Southern California kid. I was used to eating Mexican food all the time and it was tough. And, and so first of all, thank you for, for spreading the word and, and the good food all over the place. But like, what, what has that been like? I mean, you've really gone into some places that I'm pretty certain did not have good Mexican food, you know, Serbia, for instance, like how, what is that like going into a country like Serbia and introducing something that people are probably not familiar with for the most part and like what how do they react yeah, i mean forget mexican food i don't think they knew mexico existed <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i mean going into countries like this i mean it, it's it's amazing because you're, you know you're, you're you're starting with a clean slate right i think you know sometimes it's hard because when there's a preconception of what mexican food should be and and, and that preconception is maybe you know very tex-mex or you know taco bell or these things that sometimes get into countries before the authentic food comes you know, it's a little bit challenged. The things like countries like Serbia or even Dubai, there was no expectation, right? So I was able to kind of play with their palates. And, you know, we brought in a lot of ingredients from overseas because you couldn't find anything. And, you know, today it's amazing that I can go to these countries or and cities, go to their grocery stores and I find tortillas. You know, I find dried chiles. I find, you know, avocados, ingredients that they had never even imagined existed. So I think it's for me as a chef, you know, it's, it's pretty spectacular to be able to be part of this kind of, or I don't know if it's an evolution or kind of teaching all these countries about my food, my culture. And, and that was, that's, I think that's kind of part of my legacy, you know, and that's kind of what I really wanted to, 
Dude, and if you know, if I may, I'll tell you a little story. You know, it, you know, it's part of our company culture. It's called the Taco Story. So I really wanted to be a professional tennis player. So I was playing in Mexico. You know, I was quite good. So you know, I moved to California. You know, Southern California to play as you know one of the you know capitals of tennis in the U.S. And you know, I was going into eighth grade. I'm you know I'm in the classroom, new country, didn't speak the language very well, very anxious, very nervous. But I opened the you know the menu of what we were going to eat that day, and, and I saw a taco. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, they really know a lot about, you know, my country. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And so the bell rings, you know, we go to the cafeteria and I, and I get there and I, and I see this, you know, what, what, what they said a taco, which was this hard shell, you know, tortilla shell with shredded beef, olives, you like know, a, sour like cream. Sloppy Joe, <laughs> sloppy <laughs> like Joe a, filling in the middle. Like a, yeah. yeah, like a crunchy sloppy Joe. <laughs> yeah, crunchy sloppy Joe. Yeah, we've had those. And not, and not that it's bad, you know, but in, in my mind, you know, and, and you being from Southern California, you know, you know, handmade tortilla with, you know, onions, cilantro, grilled pineapple, you know, tacos al pastor with this beautiful pork. So that's my, you know, my, my taco story. So going back to your question is, that was kind of my inspiration, you know, to hopefully that one day, you know, something would allow me to, you know, show people around the world what, you know, we as Mexicans or Latin Americans are all about, you know, how our ingredients work, what our food is all about. And I think I've, you know, I've been able to do a little bit of that. Very cool. Does it ever work in reverse too? I mean, I imagine when you're, you go to some of these destinations, you probably pick up on things or you're introduced to new ingredients that, you know, maybe you can incorporate into something. Have you, have you had experiences like that? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, and even as a tennis player, you know, I was traveling throughout the world, and I, I would always go to markets. And you know, I, th- I think the best way to understand a culture and the people is, you know, through food, you know, through their markets, and you know, looking at you know what they eat and how they eat it. And Peru, you know, I was super impressed. You know, and you know, unfortunately, I don't think Peru sometimes gets the credit that it deserves because I think it goes through waves. Sometimes it's really hot. You know, I think you know about ten years ago in New York, it was you know, God, it was the next big movement, and then kind of just washes away. But, you know, Peruvian food, I mean, has, I don't know, 1,500 different types of potatoes. They have beautiful braised dishes and everybody just thinks it's ceviche, right? And so so a lot of of people shy away from it. But, you know, you also also have Nikkei, the Japanese, you know, collaboration with Peru. You have Chaufa, which is Chinese. So I I think Peru, yeah, I mean, I I was really inspired, you know, by their cuisine. And I think, you know, it's funny because Peru, I think, gets a good amount of attention for the, like, the Michelin star type of restaurant, you know, the ones that they have down there that are on the top 50 list and all that kind of stuff. But the food culture there is so incredibly diverse, you know, from the Amazon to the Andes, to the coast, to everything. And like you said, all the varieties of potato stuff, you know, you walk in a market in Lima and you'll see half the things you see in there you've never seen in your life before. Exactly. As a chef, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? To be able to work with things that you're not accustomed to. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to hear about Chef Sandoval's adventures in one of my favorite food destinations, and it's not Mexico. Yeah, what about like outside of Latin America? Are there are there destinations that kind of have inspired you as a chef, or you just love going for the cuisine? A few months back, I was in Dubai, and on my way back, I said, you know, I had a couple days, you know, spare, and I said, you know, let me let me fly to, you know, Tel Aviv. So let me let me go for a couple days. Didn't know what to expect. I mean, every you know, a lot of the stuff that you hear is about the wars and you know the, the things that are politically that are going on there, but you never hear anything about you know the food, the people, and I was just I was blown away. I mean, I was on the coast, uh, you know, I was in a little tiny hotel across the street from the beach. I had bicycles, so I, you know, I rode my bicycle for you know, and every the energy of the people was just amazing. 
the restaurants. I mean, there's a streets with one restaurant, another, you know, I was riding my bike and I ran it and I saw a restaurant that was packed. Look, looked like it had a lot of locals, you know? And so I said, let me, let me stop here. And I went in, there was called Sharon's kitchen and she had these amazing dishes. I mean, she had like a lotus root with a, you know, mushroom Jew, just things I, I was not really expecting, you know, in, in Israel. So that's one place I'm for sure going to go back and spend, you know, a lot of time. And then in a lot of, you know, Mediterranean restaurants, it's a lot of, you know, small plates, which is how I like to eat. So yeah, I mean, I, I love Tel Aviv. Yeah, it's funny. I actually went there for the first time uh, about less than a year ago. And I had the same experience. And I, I got to say, like, in one of those markets, I had a a shawarma that was like, it, it, to me, it was like one of those experiences where it was like having the perfect al pastor taco in, in, in Mexico, you know, it was just one of those like food moments that I will always remember. Yeah. I mean, I sat, I remember sitting in a restaurant in a counter and I ordered some, like, I, it was like a little tasting menu of, li- of the little, you know, items they, they brought me like 15 different small plates, you know, with all these, you know, tzatzikis and, you know, eggplant. It was amazing. And it was just, I just, I really loved it. Really enjoyed my, my you know, my two days there. So. Amazing. I have to say my wife actually, after that trip, decided that she likes Israel as a food destination better than Mexico, which I still hardly <laughs> disagree with her, but I, it's a, it's a, it's a point of contention in our house. It's different, not I'm, better. I'm, okay. It is. Yeah. There you go. Different, not better. Uh, all right. So when you go, I mean, that sounds like a great example of going and discovering places. You're not, you weren't on, you know, TripAdvisor or, or Yelp or whatever. You just hopped on your bike and started biking along and you discovered Sharon's kitchen or whatever, you know, wherever, like, is that something you do a lot of? You just kind of go out and explore when you get to a new destination. Like, what do you do? I do, but, but also typically, you know, I'll do my, you know, if I know chefs, you know, from, you know, from those countries or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tap yeah. into them because I mean, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, when you go to these seasons, you go to the concierge, you know, they're, they're going to recommend you things that either they're getting paid to send you there or, you know, or more the tourist restaurants. When I go into these countries, you know, I, I want to get down and dirty. You know, I want to go to the markets. I want to go to the authentic places. I want to go where the locals go, right? It's, it's, so it's not just kind of someone that's, you know, being paid to send me there. But I also do love, you know, to get on a bike and just, you know, see something and, you know, full, go into the markets. That's, that's funny. I did the same thing in Tel Aviv and I actually did the same thing in Mexico City. I hopped on a bike and just kind of cruised around and, and found places. I, I love that. What's it? Let, let's, let's go back to Latin America. We talked about Peru and Mexico a bit. Are there other countries or regions that you think are kind of up and coming, underappreciated, that, that really have an incredible cuisine that, that is ready to be discovered? I have, I have a restaurant called Toro Toro, which you know, started in Dubai. And you know, I call it, it's, you know, it's my Mexican kitchen without, without borders, right? I always felt that like, you know, Colombia and Venezuela and every country has, has great food, right? And, and great ingredients and different things that, that sometimes people are not have access to it. So when I did Toro Toro, you know, I, I felt, you know, like Colombia has amazing cachapas, you know, has great arepas, has great soups and, and certain things. So, you know, Venezuela, same thing. You know, they have, you know, they have arepas, they have, you know, queso fresco, they have these things that people are not necessarily asado negro. So when I opened Toro Toro, I kind of, you know, took ingredients and dishes from all of, you know, South and Central America to kind of expose people to that. So I think, I mean, Colombia has a great, you know, Amazonic cuisine, you know, the chef Leo, you know, I think she's in the top 50. Um, you know, she works with a lot of ingredients from the Amazon. That's, that, Colombia is a great one because I, I, I even, you know, Peru gets way more attention than Colombia does for us. I mean, Colombia has become a, a popular travel destination, but you really don't, you know, I honestly can't remember ever seeing a Colombian restaurant 
in the U.S. So I think where well, you haven't you haven't been to Miami. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to Miami. Yeah, okay, there you go. Well, yeah, I I, uh, I don't spend a lot of time in Miami. There you or, go. But. Or parts of New York. You know, I, I I got I'm in New York right now. And I got lost yesterday some, somewhere in New Jersey, and I ran into about 10, 15 Colombian restaurants. All right, so actually, let's talk about that. You're in New York because you're opening a new a new restaurant there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So so I I opened a, you know a new restaurant actually about six months ago called Tan and Loom. Tan and Loom Tulum. So it's kind of, you know, what I call Tulumese food. It really doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's kind of food from the Yucatan, you know, peninsula. During COVID, a lot of New Yorkers were going to to Tulum because it was it was open and people could, you know, be on the beaches. And so there was a there was a big push for, you know, for for Tulum. And and, and Tulum is kind of a, a lifestyle. You know, underneath we have Loom, which is a speakeasy where, you know, we're bringing a lot of, you know, great mixologists from Mexico. We're having pop-ups and a lot of mezcals and, and tequilas, you know, with herbs infused. Now, I don't, not many people know this, but Mexico has some of the top bars, you know, around the world that have, has great mixologists. And I think, um, you know, mezcal has a nice smokiness, you know, it goes very well with, you know, with mixology. So, yeah, we've been open for almost a year. Yeah, six, seven months now. It's, it's doing great. We're going to take a quick break. But we'll be right back to hear about a surprising dining destination right here in the U.S. Hi, I'm Lale Arakogli, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you, and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. I actually want to tell you, this is, this is not, uh, you, you know, your, your company has been based for a long time in, in Denver, and you were based there for a while. It's Denver's not a city that most people would think of, you know, when they're thinking of top dining destinations in the U.S. or anything like that. I know the the, uh, the Mexican cuisine there is known probably most for for Chipotle and, and Casa Bonita. But like, is there something interesting about Denver's dining scene that, that kind of drew you to that city? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good question because, you know, what, I, I opened my first Mexican restaurant in Denver, you know, called Tamayo about 20, I think it's 24 years old. You know, it's an iconic restaurant right on Larimer Square. And in 27 years ago, I mean, Denver was seen as probably, I think it was in the top worst food cities in America, right? People like, even when they asked me to go to Denver, you know, I would fly over it and I would say, Denver, why would I go to Denver? You know, people kept asking me, well, can you come open, you know, Maya like I had in New York? And I said, well, I don't know if I want, you know, I, I I thought, you know, there were still carriages and horses and, you know, there was, there was no buildings over two stories. It was the Wild West. <laughs> and, and, that, and then, you know, I, finally one day I went there and I opened Tamayo and, and, I, and, I, and I fell in love with the city. And, you know, I think every city, you know, and I think we mentioned it before, we you know when chefs started coming, it just raises the bar. 
for co- competition is always healthy because it kind of raises the bar for other chefs. When there's no competition, everybody thinks that what they have is, is, is what's great, right? But you start going to these, you know, newer restaurants and, and tasting new ingredients and kind of raises the bar. And then it kind of builds it like, like an underground, what I call an underground chef movement where local guys work with these chefs and they go on and open their own. You know, it's happening in Dubai today. But Denver was one of those cities, like you said, that, that nobody knew anything about it. But today, I mean, you know, I have a friend and a chef that I brought from Singapore. His name is Troy Gard, you know, has about six, seven restaurants in Denver today. So, that, you know, Kevin Taylor was a well-known chef there. So there, are, there was some local talent. And I think, you know, just by, you know, more chefs come in and kind of raise the bar. And like you said, I mean, Chipotle, I mean, everybody knows Chipotle, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, just, you just reminded me, I, w- I went to school in, in Colorado Springs about an hour, okay. a, a hour away from Denver. And I remember when I was in school there, the, the local newspaper did a, you know, a poll of the readers of the best restaurants. Et and uh, the best seafood restaurant was uh, Red Lobster. That was voted best seafood restaurant. I thought, you know, that's... <laughs> That says it all. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much tells me what my options are. So, yeah, well, I'm very glad to hear that, that Denver has has uh, improved. And honestly, across the board, it hasn't just been a di- the dining scene, too. That, that city is really it's such a great place to go now. And love and, it. And, you know, it's it's a, it's not just like a, a place where you fly in and then go to the mountains. It's like it's worth it. It's worth a trip. Yeah, hundred percent. If yeah, if you're if you're going to um, do a month, you know, spend a day in Denver. I mean, you know, do a little bit of research. You're going to find you know great restaurants across the board in downtown. You know, you know little pockets of you know local chefs. So there's yeah, there's a lot to do there. Okay, what about you're just traveling for fun? I mean, you, you, sounds like you're keeping pretty busy and probably spending a lot of time on the road for your work. But you get some time off. Like for instance, you, you said you took a little diversion over to Tel Aviv. So that that's awesome. Like, what where where do you like to go? Where do you like to kind of explore? I love Asia, um, so I, I don't think I've you know spent enough time there. Part of you know my goal moving forward is you know as I you know start to slow down. You know my two kids are just coming into the business now, so my goal is to you know revisit all these places where I, I was there for work but never spend much time because I only had two or three days. So I go to my restaurants, work, and then I'm you know next. And so part of that is yeah, I mean like Vietnam. I love Vietnamese food. I, I think it's very bold, like Mexican food. Peru, I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I love going to Peru. I know Machu Picchu is, you know, one of the nine wonders of the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's breathtaking. You know, I love Indian food. You know, I never spend much time there. So I'm looking forward to, you know, India, Vietnam. Um, I'm looking forward to spending in, in Latin America, you know, Colombia, Medellin, Cartagena. I've spent time in Bogota, but never visited, you know, their, their, their city. So I, I think for fun, these are three, three cities on my calendar, on my radar right now. Yeah, I'm actually looking at Colombia as a potential destination in the in the coming months. I, re- I really want to get down there. Let's get back to business, though. Uh, you also have a you know we talked about Serbia and Dubai and some of the destinations. You have one opening up in in Malta next correct. year. Correct, correct, that, correct. And that is an, another interesting place for a you know a Latin American or Mexican restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit about what what that development process? How did that come about? We have a restaurant in in Istanbul and. You know, one of our best customers there uh, lives in Malta. Um, he's actually Turkish, and so he loved Toro so much. And uh, he asked me, would you ever consider coming to Malta? So I, I flew there, met there with him, and, you know, it was a really beautiful development. And again, it's one of those places where Mexican is non-existent, right? So I think, again, I, have, I get my, my clean canvas to do my work and do what I like to do and really expose people to something really new. That, I think that really excites me. You know, when you're at the restaurant and you see people come in there, you know, and they look at the food and they have these funny look, this funny look at it and like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> and then they taste it and, and their eyes just like light up, right? 
So I said, you know, Malta, there's nothing here. So I, th- I think it's a, it's a great place to, you know, bring what I do and, and show, show them a little bit about, you know, Latin and Mexican culture. That must be really gratifying. Not just, you know, yeah, not just from a business standpoint, but just like knowing that you are bringing a, a taste of your your childhood to these people who have never been able to experience, haven't haven't had the luxury of, of sitting at a giant table and having the mole brought out to them to share with the family. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. And now for the wall and wrap up. Very grateful to Chef Sandoval for taking the time to chat with me today. And of course, grateful for everything he has done to bring great Mexican food to the world. We talked a bit about his hometown of Mexico City, and I feel, well, I feel like that's something that everybody's talking about these days. And and for good reason, if you haven't been, it really is this just incredible foreign city experience that's remarkably close to home for those of us here in the U.S. A few suggestions if you do go. First of all, much like my hometown of Los Angeles, Mexico City is a place that you just need to explore one neighborhood at a time. Polanco, Roma Condesa, Coyoacan, Centro, Chapultepec Park. Like each one of these places is worth at least a day. And they're all they're all very walkable areas once you're there. So you can just kind of show up and and cruise around. For hotels, check out the Sofitel Mexico City Reforma, which is a high-rise hotel with these incredible views of the park and the city. Also, Casa Polanco, a beautiful converted mansion near all the great restaurants and shops and everything in, in Polanquito. Of course, you won't have any trouble finding great restaurants anywhere in Mexico City, but I will throw out just a couple places I happen to, to go to and love. La Casa de las Sirenas. It's right across from the main cathedral in, in Centro. It's, it's just a perfect spot for a, a romantic dinner. The other, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, it's the Coyoacan Market. It's right near the Frida Kahlo Museum. And it's one of those places where there's just a bunch of different food stalls. It's amazing for a, just a casual lunch. If you want any other tips on Mexico City or, you know, pretty much anywhere in Mexico, feel free to shoot me an email at bruce at kurtco.com. A special thanks to our sponsors, Accor and Stone Street. And thank you for listening to our MasterChef series. Stay tuned for our next season of Travel That Matters, which you'll still be able to find on all your favorite podcast platforms, plus our brand new YouTube channel. We'll see you there. I'd like to thank Richard Sandoval for joining us today on Travel That Matters. For more information on Richard's restaurants and everything else we talked about today, please check out our show notes or visit kurtco.com backslash travel that matters. This show is produced and edited for Kurtco Media by AJ Mosley. Music by Joey Salvia. Marketing by Katrin Skipertis. And hosted by me, Bruce Wallen. And we will see you down the road.